I'm Will Laviste. He's Eric Laville. You tune into Laviste and Claville, telling you to you straight the way it is from a black male perspective. So let's get right to it. This show, the stimulus bill and student loan forgiveness, is it enough? Isn't enough. We're coming up, Eric, on almost a month now. Yeah. It's just flying by of the Biden administration. And the big topic is what's going to happen with this big stimulus bill. You're talking about trillions of dollars uh, to get the economy getting back on track, coming out of the pandemic, coming out of the, the madness of the previous administration. Most people have heard about this $1,400 payment that Biden has promised. Talk about what, what is in the stimulus bill. Give people a good sense of it. Yeah, well, first of all, keep in mind that this is the third stimulus packet that we're receiving as it relates to the COVID-19 pandemic. Right. I want us to keep that in perspective. This is the third multi-trillion dollar, trillion dollar Trillion, trillion. You can't even you can't even spend that in multiple <laughs> lifetime. But go ahead. Look, this is not Bruce's millions. This is <laughs> trillions, right? You know, uh, shout out to the late great Richard Pryor. You know, but but as you stated, you know, you can't spend this money, but it is being spent. Mm-hmm. You know, now what the question becomes is it being spent properly? So let's take a look at this. Uh, in the first stimulus bill, it's called the CARES Act. And in that CARES Act, we hit in March. Things had to shut down. Right. April, you know, people were shuttered. We had to send students home from universities. They weren't ready. People had to start working from home. And it was a big transition. So, you know, it was it, it was conceivable that businesses would take a hit. Small businesses need uh, would take a hit in incomes for people working in those businesses. Restaurants, right. bars, you know, the stores, re- even retail. I mean, yeah, we were just basically sheltering in place and just and just waiting it out, essentially. Absolutely. So, you know, I look, I can't tell you the last time I've been in the store shopping, you know, as I used to do. Right. Uh, but, you know, so the economy is going back and forth. So we ended up getting a, uh, a stimulus check, you know, in the first stimulus. And also, we know that PPP program in order to help individuals with paychecks to small businesses. Uh, you know, corporations got those, too. And there was a big backlash there. Right, right. Uh, and we also knew that money went to the states and to municipalities because they had loss of tax income and revenue. So now, and also universities received a stimulus, right? So they lost revenue. And then they received a stimulus for the students that they normally would uh, be in school. and On campus, right. Now, I'll, 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 I'll put a pin in that for a second and talk about HBCUs. HBCUs got an additional stimulus uh, because of the extra burden that our universities face because we do the heavy lifting of students with the best talent that may not have the resources. And HBCUs haven't been funded equally anyway. But in this one thing that's been great about this pandemic, if there's anything we could take from, that's that HBCUs have really received, really received some tremendous stimulus, right? Right. Is to where we're going. So the next stimulus bill after that, all right, the next stimulus bill after that, we ended up getting another uh, stimulus check to people. And again, this is to help to fill the gap. This is right before uh, the, the holidays. And again, these were people under a certain income level, right? What was it, around 75 grand annually a year, something yeah. like that and below is who were receiving it. And then 
you have businesses being helped out. Because I know I have some friends that are business owners that said, hey, if they hadn't gotten that 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 financial help, that they would have had a lot of difficulty. In fact, there's a lot of black businesses that have shut down as Absolutely. a result of this anyway and are probably not coming back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, they were already struggling anyway. Right. So- so now you have this that comes comes along. And that's a good point that you bring up because now I want to get to what is taking place in this uh trillion, $1.9 trillion stimulus. Right. In this one, we're talking again, fourteen hundred dollars stimulus checks going to individuals and also families, right? With that stimulus, again, it's gonna you're gonna look at the income. So seventy-five thousand dollars, uh, or one hundred fifty thousand as a couple. Right. And is going to what we call sunset. For every thousand dollars, they'll take off uh, X amount of dollars to you get to a certain point and you won't receive anything. Right. Do I think that's fair? I think it is. I think if you're making, you know, X to over $200,000 or whatever the case may be, um, and you're, you're still gainfully employed, you're yeah, fine. You, yeah, you've actually been probably doing fairly well because Absolutely. a lot of things that you might be spending on, you know, because of the shutdown, because of the limitations or things you're not spending there. So if you're smart, you're still employed, you should be paying down debt, addressing other things. And, you know, unfortunately taking advantages of other people's disadvantages. I hate to say it that way, but as other people's losses, you know, there's an opportunity to take advantage of, you know, maybe purchasing some property as a, at a discounted rate or, buying additional stock. But you mentioned that 14. One of the things that, 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 that I wanted to be disappointed, disappointed clarity on that 1400 that's actually, it's not another $1,400 check that they're talking about. He's talking about actually adding on to that $600 check that people got, or is it a separate $1,400? It's a separate 1400 to get oh, people. Really? Okay. Yeah. So th- that's a good point because the idea was $2,000. And, you know, let me just talk about the the GOP just for a quick moment. You know, most members, a lot of members in the GOP party represent states where there are poor individuals working, right? Poor white, a lot of them poor white people. Exactly. Poor whites who have been running around supporting Trump, you know. Oh, my God. And it's it's crazy that a lot of these policies are not really helping them, but because of other reasons tied in with emotion. I mean, they're supporting oh, policies in a lot of ways that undermine their own interests. Now, you mentioned emotion, right? So, for I mean, think about it. $2,000 one time to a family is going to help people. And we saw, we talked about this before. You know, people are paying bills with that money. Right. Catching up, paying rent mortgages, light bill, gas bill, because the moratoriums are ending, right? And nobody wants to come out of a moratorium and have a $500 gas bill, right? Because, mm-hmm. if, look, if you weren't able to pay it pre-pandemic... You ain't going to be able to pay it post. No, post-pandemic. Exactly. Right. You know, so, so you know, it just blows my mind how you take these ideologies and not really delve into the meat and really the substance of what these policies can do to help. We saw the same thing with the Affordable Care Act that they that they coined and wanted to demonize and call it Obamacare. Right. You know, but you've got many, many stories of individuals, Americans, and you mentioned white Americans. A lot of white Americans are having stories that say, hey, if it wasn't for the Affordable Care Act, 
I would not have been able to get this surgery. Right. I saw, I look, I, I saw a news clip on social media where it was a white female who was having trouble and she went to the doctor and they found tumors in her, in, 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 in her uterus. And she wasn't able to get the store, the, the surgery to get it out because she didn't have health insurance until the Affordable Care Act came along and she, no insurance company would cover her because it was pre-existing since she went to get a check and didn't have insurance before. So now she got the Affordable Care Act, she had the surgery, and she's living. I mean, just little stories like that that help right. save your life. So like I said, Will, I, I just had to address that for a second because I thought that the 2000 should have been passed before the holidays. Uh, but we got 600 to families, individuals, uh, and children, I think this was a good part, too, because, you know, uh, there were people out there that have college-age kids. At one point, you had college-age kids. You know, if you were in college in that first stimulus, you didn't get anything. Wow, yeah. Now, now maybe you can explain the uh, reasoning behind that, but college students, you're not, if you're working, you're working part-time. You're not gainfully employed or fully employed. Uh, and then the families are also helping to foot the bill. And we're going to have a show about college costs later on because we're looking at college costs. You, 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 coming, you coming into right into the thick of it, man. You know, I'm, man, on, look, I'm on the other side. I'm on the north side of that mountain. <laughs> look, man, listen, we got a lot of our, our, our viewers and a lot of our friends who are right in between or on the spectrum where we are. So we were, we're going to talk about that coming up real soon. Uh, because right now we're applying one scholarship a week. That that in my house. <laughs> well, let me ask you. Let me ask you something about you know when you see the economists talking about the stimulus, they say that um, this package deals primarily with the demand side of oh. the economy versus the supply side. Explain to to viewers, listeners, what what's the difference between the demand side and supply side? Well, actually, it all depends. You know. Mm -hmm. You know, it this that fr that phraseology <clears throat> is to sell the stimulus package. Let me just say that. I personally I don't buy it, all right, because the need is that individuals actually need economic support in order to continue living and helping them to get uh to a new career or continue in their career. Now, what do I mean by that? The one of the one of the best things in this stimulus is that there now is going to be money, real monies, and a real plan to roll out COVID nineteen. All right, right. Or, uh, the vaccination, the testing, uh, to find out if you have it, and then of course care for it. Uh, keep in mind, in the Trump White House, you know Operation Warp Speed and all that. That was no plan. All right, there was absolutely no plan. You know, you you talk you, if you look at the researchers, the doctors, uh, the the COVID nineteen team, they were under so much pressure, and they were being demonized and pushed back that right. they couldn't work. I mean, can you imagine working in an environment where your top boss, is, you know, is telling you to do the opposite of everything that you know is actually going to be a, a, a solution to the problem? Right? Yeah, and because look, of the optics, because it doesn't work in his interest. It's, hey, absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. So, you know, they, I mean, working under those conditions, you know, it's just, I mean, it's just, it's untenable. So, but now there is a, there's money. Now there's real funding. Now there's a plan because hands down, you got to deal with the pandemic first. All right. Because the other thing is we got to get schools open, man. 
there now there are funds there to help schools right. and when we talk about schools you know we've got individuals who are great teachers we've got individuals who are giving their lives to teaching and both of us have stories both elementary middle high school college where it was if it wasn't for that one teacher right. that one professor that helped us encouraged us told us that we could do it or showed us a different path we wouldn't be where we are today and there are many other americans like that so I see it now with K through 12. Man, you got teachers that are hanging up the hat. They're saying, you know what? I give up. I can't do it. It breaks my heart, but I can't do it because we have no support. Uh, I got to see the kids in school. Right. And there are plenty of kids that want to go to school, uh, Will. There are plenty of kids that want to be around their friends because of the socialization. Well, the other piece of the importance of kids getting back into schools because it's very hard to go out as a parent and make a living, right? If you got go. kids at home that you have to make sure are safe, sound, educated, you have to watch them. Um, it's hard to make a living if you don't have the the, the money that's required to do to deal with childcare or somebody else watching your child. So the whole issue, and, and that's what I've often tried to explain to people about the total impact of the pandemic and COVID-19. It's not just whether people get sick and die, right? That's obviously an issue and important, but it's also the domino effect that it has on so many other sectors and areas of our society. So it's not just about do you get COVID and do you get sick and die, but right. everybody is in is going to the hospital now, right? And the hospitals are full then people who are sick with other ailments can't get what they need. So where are those people ending up at? This is like this domino effect. If, if you can't go to school and you're a parent, you got young children, they can't be in school. Well, you can't very well go out and work. If you can't work, you can't earn a living. If you can't earn a living, you can't keep the roof over the household that your kids need to be safe in in the first place. Absolutely, so it's, absolutely. It's, it's, I'm, one of the things that I hope people are seeing is how interconnected we are in the economy. You know, economy money is called currency. Currency for a reason. Current, current movement. You know, electricity, electric <laughs> current. It needs to be moving. You know, it needs to be moving and going from one spot to the next spot. The economy needs to be flowing, and it's very much we're all inter you know, interconnected. One of the things that's really got me concerned is that a lot of black and brown people were just coming, just oh. sort of recovering out of the economic downturn that happened in 2007, 2008, when Obama came into office. I yeah. I was one of the people who was significantly impacted by that, you know, with homes and losing homes and, and, and downsizes and all of this. Yeah. And people are just now... Coming, coming out. out of that, right. not, and not right. even all people, because some people still never recover from that. And then we get hit with this other whammy. And so this yeah. is the argument behind why Biden is wanting to go so big yeah. with the stimulus yeah. to really take, even though it's going gonna, it's gonna to drive the country into further debt. But you look at what the last administration did with all these tax, oh, tax oh, debt. To, to, you know, to the wealthy. It took on all this uh, debt. So that's the theory behind going big, right? Well, to your point, let, let, let's, let me talk about debt and the hypocrisy of fiscal conservatives. 
And then we'll, I, I want to address the, 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 the black family issue with equity with this. First of all, when Trump came into office in the first 15 months, they passed a tax cut, which was permanent, for the top wealthy 3%. Now, there was a tax cut that also came down to other families, not as significant, but those sunset, right? So you're going to be back to the point you were paying before Trump came into office in, in several years, right? 2025, 2027. So now you're talking about a tax cut that took one point. $2 trillion of tax revenue out of the economy, just like that. Hmm. And I never forget, Steve Mnuchin stated that, you know, that he was being asked on a, on a show, how are you going to pay for this? And he was like, well, we're confident that the economy is going to support it at 4%. Dude, 4% increase in, G in GDP and productivity? You know, even, even the, the, the a first-year economist would not make that uh, a provision as a policy because things happen. You never know what's going to happen. I hate pandemic, right? But we, because of that, under fiscal conservatives, we are borrowing before the pandemic, pre-pandemic, guess how much we're borrowing per month just to pay for the tax cut? How much? $100 billion per month. Hmm. Okay? that's that. That was just borrowing to put back the money to operate pre-Trump. You can't spend that in five lifetimes. <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> again, there's not Brewster Billions. We talk about Brewster Billions, right? But I will try if you give me an opportunity. But, <laughs> but, but to your point, I mean, that's where we're at. Now, when we talk about the black equity issue, man, you hit the nail on the head. How many colleagues do we have? How many people do we know, young professionals? And unfortunately, the people who were hit the hardest, what we call the mid-management, right. older professionals in that 55, 50 to 55 mark, right? That lost their jobs, that weren't coming back. Ind industries took a downturn. Right. And think about it. Who Now they're looking at ageism. They're looking at a skill decline. And you got people with master's degrees, all right? Master's degrees. And, reti and retirement is lo looming right around the corner and retirement savings if they hadn't put money into retirement savings. Because again, that last economic downturn yeah. hit a lot of people's retirement savings because they needed to tap into it Absolutely. to survive. Absolutely. So you, you're you spot on. Now you got ageism, you got people who are facing retirement looming and Absolutely. now they're taken out of the the uh, job mix, you know, just just recently, Labor Department just reported that this month in in uh, January added 40, 49,000 jobs. Wow. After wow. having lost 227,000 jobs in December. So the jobs that have come back is certainly just paling in comparison to what's been lost. And then it's a matter of, well, where are those jobs in what industries? are those jobs. They're certainly not going to be in these high-paying uh, industries. So we're Absolutely. really looking at a serious, you know, deficit, you know, an imbalance. You know, you, and like you said, you don't even have to be an economist to do that, man. You know, oh, if you lose it, you know, more than twice <laughs> of what you're gaining, you, you're never going to come back from that. But, I, you know, I, I think a lot of a lot of Black people know something about that with having, you know, debt and, and um, losing jobs and 
the interest on payments and never being able to catch up. And that's that's what our country is looking like. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and look, mm-hmm. I, I want to go back to this ageism thing because mm-hmm. people don't understand. I I I know of individuals who were making six figures that had a retirement already from public service, but they were making six figures and they had a uh, had very nice homes. When they lost those jobs, you know, you have something, I mean, you have you have some pride there. All of us have pride in who we are and what we do. Absolutely. So, so you know, you say, you know, I'll leverage this. This will pass. So I'll uh, buy my way by spending a little bit more on my credit. I'll buy my way by bringing out a little more home equity. I'll buy my way by drawing down on my retirement savings, my 401k, until all of a sudden, six months pass, and you get that notice on the door that says foreclosure. Right. And, and all of a sudden, you have to now take a, a lifetime, hmm. lifetime. thrown in the dumpster, put in the storage that's collecting dust because you're never going to be able to capitalize on your high growth earning ability ever again mm-hmm. at that age, right? So we're talking at 55 to 60, right? Plus. And these are individuals that, that were saying, hey, I need to work about, you know, if I'm 55, I'll work, you know, eight to 10 more years, you know, to be settled. Yeah, you know, maybe if I need to, I work to 70. You know, I try to get, exactly. you know, I try to get, yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what a lot of people are facing, at least that, but Absolutely. now even more, you know, even, even longer potentially. Look, I, I, I personally believe that we're going to have a lot of individuals who are working, uh, you know, past Social Security retirement. As a matter of fact, we'll do another show and talk about Social Security because Social Security uh, is reform is coming. Right. We got to have it. Uh, but the question is, who has courage to actually do it? We've been kicking that can down the street for years. But now but now we got to do it. Will. But. And I wanted I want us to talk about something that's going to impact the future gains, and let's talk about student loan forgiveness. So, the stimulus, I think this may be the last stimulus we get coming out of the pandemic. All right, this is the last one. After this stimulus, we're going to see a job package stimulus very similar to what we saw during FDR. I think that's coming, and uh, right now that's in the works to get money uh, to repair our infrastructure. Uh, our broad, uh, increased broadband, clean energy. You know, I'm behind the scenes and I'm looking at, I'm serving on some commissions and looking at these things. Right. That's what the future is. But I want to talk about our future gains and the impact that we're going to have on this, this now generation of future earners. Student loan debt and forgiveness. We say yeah, that. Yeah, relie- relieving that could be huge. Look, relieving absolutely. that debt responsibility on people could be used to getting them to, again, Going back to the concept of currency. Why is it called currency? Because you need that money moving. You need it Absolutely. going into the economy and, and because it's all interconnected. So yeah, so so talk about that. You, how do you yeah. how far do you think uh student loan forgiveness will actually go? Do you think it's gonna get done? Because the midterms are coming. Yeah, midterms absolutely. are coming. So absolutely. <laughs> so look, I'm gonna tell you this. All these gains that were made in Congress. Uh, by the Democrats, um, they're going to have to show and put something up. They've already said the president is not looking at a $15 uh, an hour increase in livable wage. We can talk about that later. Uh, but they've retracted on that. But student loan is the next. they got to deliver on student loan debt forgiveness. Now, let's look at where we are. 
we're at about 1.4, 1.9 trillion uh, pre-pandemic to now of student loan debt. Mm. Now think about that, Will. 1.7, 1.9 trillion in student loans. The borrowing can't spend that in multiple lifetimes. <laughs> Brewster's trillions, but this is, but this is, uh, these are types of loans which I don't think should be loans. I think they should be educational grants that are forgivable. Mm -hmm. To me, that's the policy that I would implement. Take the interest off now. Administrative fees to execute the 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 student aid, yes, but take the interest off. Allow for a 10-year repayment, and if paid on time, and you could pause your repayment, but 10 years total, right? 120 payments total, whether it be 50 here, you, uh, you change jobs, two months later, you get another 50 in, whatever the case may be, but then that student aid is a grant that is forgivable. I think that's the smart way to do it. I think we also should remove loans for schools where where private industries and banks, private loans. Uh, look, over here, there are no parent plus loans going to happen. You know, that's <laughs> the case. Uh, so with that, we need, in order to make a smart investment in our future, right now, Biden said he'll sign 10000 Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think 10000 of federal student loan forgiveness is going to do a lot for African-American students or yeah. students that went to graduate school students that are in with the professional school. I don't know about well, I mean a lot of these schools cost you know thirty thousand one year. You know, just yeah, yeah, just one year start. And so if you are financing mostly education on student loans and that's thirty thousand in just one year, four years, do the math. If you add grad school and, and doctoral studies to that, because a lot of times we as African Americans need to be overeducated to be able to get these opportunities. Yeah, ten thousand. Just doing that math, ten thousand is going. It's not going to be <laughs> absolutely. Now, uh, Senator Warren and uh, Senator Schumer, they want fifty thousand, and mm -hmm. I, I think I think that's a step in the right direction. Right. But for students with on a certain income, students who had to receive Pell grants, students who currently are not gainfully employed and lost everything in the pandemic, I think we need to look at a higher rate of, of forgiveness. I think we need to take off the, the interest, take off the debt uh, that was accumulated for failure to pay. And I'm in favor of 100% student loan forgiveness. I'm in favor of that. And then as a policy provision, uh, I think we need to go back and not make student loans um, loans, but make them educational aid grants where they are forgivable, again, after 10 years of payment, 120 payments. And I don't care if you make your first payment at 25 and your last payment at 50, right. as long as up to 120, the remainder is forgiven. And, and another thing, you know, universities have created this mechanism where they created certificate programs, degree programs, not really pegged to the job market. And it's an industry that I believe that now is going to collapse under its own weight. Right. Because, you know, look, academia is where people go to hide when they lost their job, oh, I'll go back to school and get this. Uh, or I want to learn some something else and delay. Right. Try to try to recharge, try to, you know, reinvent themselves or, you know, re retrain to be able to get back in, out into the market. Absolutely. And I think I think we need to go to the retraining. There are a lot of skilled jobs out there, right. a lot of opportunities where maybe you don't want to go back into the office, Will, right? right. Maybe you want to learn 
a different type of skilled trade that can give you just enough income, but also a better, even more of a fulfillment of life, being out of the rat race. But there you have it, right? So as we wrap, what should Black people do? I mean, I know one of the things that I think that we've got to do as a community is remain engaged in contacting, writing, calling our members of Congress, telling them this needs to get done and why it has to get done and the impact it's having on people's lives. Tell those stories. Another thing, for those who are still employed, you should be paying down debt. You should be positioning yourself to be able to accumulate wealth. You've got to, and I think overall, the economic piece of developing businesses, even in the pandemic, businesses are still being developed. Absolutely. You've got to pay down debt and put yourself and position yourself in, in a, to own and to run businesses so that you can employ yourself and employ other people because the riskiest position to be in is totally reliant on employment from somebody else. Absolutely. And one thing that continues to make America great in the Black community is America is a place where if you got an idea, you can put it to work, make money, and make not just a living, but generational change for yourself. Black Wall Street should have an opportunity to come back. This is our time. Right. It's our moment. Capture it. If you got a dream, plan. If you got a goal, reach it. You can do it. So... That's Take it. us home, Eric. Take us home. <laughs> so that's it for LaVis and Claville this week. We're so glad that you're able to join us, but continue to join us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Also, you can email us at lavisandclaville at gmail.com. Hats off to our producer, Ben Bailey, behind the scenes, keeping us right and tight. And to us, that's the way it is. We'll see you next time.